It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, I'm Sai, and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation. On the channel, we have podcasts, interviews, content on a variety of subjects, including mental health, football, serial killers, films, TV, conspiracy theories, writing, music, and much, much more. All of our shows are available in video format, youtube.com slash Nation, and audio at all the usual podcasting platforms. Today's show is part of our very fun series, Unscripted and Uncensored. It's episode number eight. Uh, I always enjoy these because once I've done my initial run through and plugs and sponsors, it is just no scripts, no edits, no censors. We talk about anything, whatever the people have sent in. Uh, they People just send in talking points, subjects, questions, whatever it may be. Uh, they send it to Twitter, Facebook, email, whatever you want to do. You can always send in questions for the guests for these shows you just gotta have a look on our social media uh, pages and there's always posts up for upcoming guests uh, so it's gonna be a lot of fun might go off the rails probably go off on a few tangents of random stuff but that's uh, that's what makes it a good time um so just before i introduce my guest uh, i'm just gonna read a quick sponsor for today's show uh, today's show is brought to you by away day apparel Away Day Apparel is a group of casually obsessed football fans looking to bring something different to the wardrobes of like-minded people. With football music and weekend carnage high on the agenda, they aim to bring you some exclusive products. They are edgy, controversial, but most importantly current, from t-shirts, polos, shorts to hoodies, jackets and accessories. Stick with them and they aim to bring you terrace wear that will turn heads and provide the cutting-edge look that we all crave. Okay, so... You'll have seen my guest, if you're an MMA fan, smashing it up in Cage Warriors all over Europe. Now signed with one of the biggest MMA companies and brands in the world. We have uh, Bellator Lightweight, Tom Mearns, joining us here today. Welcome, my friend. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you, Simon? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. I could do without the uh, the miserable weather. I've got to be honest. Just wake, yeah. up, wake, wake up and it's just depressing. 
But yeah, same here. Yeah, Go to the gym, sort yeah, that out. That's a bit of exercise. It'd be all right. around that. Mm. Yeah, I think it's just one of them things, isn't it? Living in Britain, it's just weather. Yeah. Rubbish. Yeah. So, um, Straight up. So, Tom, with these unscripted, uncensored shows, you know, the format's simple. Instead of me planning out the show and, you know, asking my questions and this sort of thing, the questions and the talking points come from the people. And that they can be on any subject whatsoever, which can make for some interesting conversations. But, you know, I think I was looking at the questions just now. People have been pretty, pretty kind to you, I think. Um, there's one or two random ones, but nothing, yeah. nothing too tricky. You've got up nothing lightly. Nothing too naughty. Yeah, you've got up lightly compared to some of the previous guests. Um, yeah, good. Like we've had a couple of boxers on. We had Rodri Giggs on, we had Danny Batten on, and Lee Remedios. Um, I yeah. did one, did one with um, Brett Johns from UFC uh, a couple of weeks ago. Which is, by the time this goes out, it will be out. I recorded yeah. one earlier today with Jack Shaw as well, which was yeah. uh, a lot of fun. So, oh, we also had a mini one with uh, the lead singer Shed Seven, which was uh, that was really interesting, and uh, yeah. that was just really cool for me personally. I think that was uh, one of my favourite bands. So that was just like a cool moment. I got to say. Okay. Shed 37, I don't know who they are. Shed, Shed 7, yeah, I show my age. Shed 7, Shed seven yeah, it's like a 90s band, man. It's, it's, it's show my yeah. age. That's it, see. I forget, see, like, I'm, I got like probably, how old are you? Uh, I'm 92, so 27. Flipping heck. I was, a, I think I was a bloody teenager by then. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, show my age. But there we go. So, let's have a look. Um, so we'll switch over now. No script, no censors, no edits, no nothing. But um, what I like to do, uh, Tom, is just before we get into those questions and the points which people have said, is just kind of ask you to tell us a bit about you, you really, just so people who are maybe not familiar with, with, uh, with you or with MMA, whatever it may be, sort of where you're from, grew up, siblings, you know, basically how you ended up where you are today. Okay, mate. Yeah, you broke up then. Sorry, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. I could take that a little bit out. But um, basically, yeah. just uh, yeah, just tell us a bit yeah. about you about and how, I how you got get into this sport. Yeah. yeah. So um, I grew up in Milton Keynes um, and like on the outskirts of Milton Keynes. And then like, I was born like central, lived central Milton Keynes and moved to the outer part. And, um, you know, I have a twin brother, which most people know. So we're always um, growing up like rough play fighting with each other all the time. And then at the age of eight, I started training Taekwondo. Um, and then I trained that for about 10 years, me and my brother, uh, we stuck at it. And then uh, I got a black belt in time and then I would have been about 16. So at that age, like obviously I was curious about something more. I wanted to go to what is more realistic. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. A black belt didn't really mean that much to me. It was what whatever the truth was is what I was interested in. So I went and trained um, a few classes with a friend who was doing MMA and Leighton Buzzard. And then, then I went down there and then I met Danny Batten. He was teaching down in Leighton Buzzard. So then I went to Total Dojo to train with uh, Danny Batten, Tony Davis, people like that. And then very much it was an obsession starting from there, really. And then... Um, 
been training it ever since and competing heavily. So, I mean, 27 now, so it's been since I was 16. Had my first MMA fight at 18 and then um, just snowballed from there. But then before then, even I was competing heavily in combat sports, even when I was like a kid in school. So it's been, it's been my, my lifestyle, really. Yeah. yeah, so you've done it from, from a really young age then. What, uh, yeah. Did you have many amateur fights before you turned pro? Yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot of amateur fights. I mean, I would have had about at least 22 amateur fights, you know, and then yeah. um, God knows how many grappling tournaments, at least, so. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say grappling tournaments is kind of like the, um, it's like the bread and butter of the MMA fighter these days, and it's where, like, that's what they do in between fights, and yeah, it's a great, um, I think it seems like it would be a great tool just to yeah. keep improving your, your skills. You can without... really build up your competence in the grappling circuits without taking like severe damage, like head trauma mm. and stuff, etc. And you're in the competitive environment. It's still incredibly hard. And of course, grappling is one of the most effective ways of fighting, period. So just by racking up um, all them grappling contests, it really crosses over nice into uh, the MMA game. So, yeah, it's, it's really good to do that. And yeah, then, when... um, of course... Yeah. Gonna go on, I was gonna say. Yeah, and just saying like the the amateurs really matter. I spent a long time at amateur too. So before you go pro, I think you've got to pay your dues, really pay your dues to to then turn pro. Yeah, I think these days, like it came it came up earlier when I was speaking to to um to Jack, is that like obviously like yeah. about ten years ago, a lot of MMA fighters they would kind of specialize in one uh discipline which they you know they might be elite at. And then they'd be kind of all right with other stuff. Yeah. But these days, like, especially yeah. at the sort of top level, like your Bellator and your UFC, it's kind of like the, those yeah. top 15 fighters are, you know, world class at pretty much everything, which makes, everything. It, makes it real difficult to, you know, yeah. to not just make a name for yourself, but work your way up those rankings because there's no, there's, no, um, there's no gimmies. There's no easy fights anymore. No. Not even on the amateurs. But go to some of these amateur shows now and see the level people competing at. It's unbelievable. And you'd have to experience it to really understand. Like from the outside looking in, it looks good. But if you're actually experiencing what it feels like to be in that situation and how good some of these young fighters are, it's, it's, it's incredible, really. But so, um, for me, I like to look at... Um, it helps to like... When I'm in there, I don't... This, you know, they've got the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, the, the wrestling arts, and you've got the striking arts. I like to view it just all as one, just as one fight, if you see what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it just helps that way, just to look at MMA as the whole thing, instead of, like, really looking at you, like, splitting it into your three segments, you know. I like to just look at everything, because you've got all these grey areas you can touch up on. So it's better for us to view it that way, I find. Yeah, it's interesting because I looked uh, last year to see about my boys because I got three boys, two teenagers yeah. and, a, and a younger one who's sort of 10. And I looked to, to see about some, them doing some kind of like like MMA training, more for, you know, for fun, bit of self-defense, yeah. that sort of thing. Um, and what I found, I was surprised, was that at least in Cardiff, where I live, there wasn't kind of like an MMA class as such for them. It yeah. was all like 
kind of you know you could do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, or you could do boxing or kickboxing yeah. or karate, but you couldn't yeah. kind of just get one which was just like a general like an overall thing, which yeah. I kind of understand, obviously, because there's so many different elements to it. But I For was... kids, it's probably good to break it up like that, I'd say. But yeah. like when you're competing at a professional level, or just, just one whole thing, it's just a fight yeah. in the purest, purest sense. That's how I like to see it. But, I mean, yeah, it's good to break it down for the kids. And I think it's great starting the kids out in the grappling arts because not, you know, like, for them to get stuck in, yeah, you know, yeah, when they're course. striking and that, of course, it's hard for them kids to be mature enough to not really hurt their partners. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's that's a tricky one, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's interesting because I remember that's just reminding me when I did the show with, um, I can't remember, I think it was either with Danny or it might have been with Lee, uh, Remedios. One of the questions which he had was that, uh, people asking about concussions in kids who do. Yeah. boxing and fighting and, and how best to protect them and should they be stopped from doing it and like to me I don't think you should stop them doing it because you know they wear the headgear don't they when they do yeah. like kickboxing or boxing and stuff yeah. um, and fact is you're just as likely to get a concussion playing full contact rugby or yeah. American football or football my son had a yeah. concussion from football only last week so it's like yeah, it's, it's just you to wouldn't be smart think it, about it. But you wouldn't think it like you'd think, oh, it's fighting. So you're obviously going to get more concussion yeah. from doing fighting. But it's you know it's not necessarily the case because, like, obviously with specifically with UFC and Bellator, you know the big companies, you have to do so many tests before you fight, and yeah. you know like bloods and and physicals and concussion tests and all this different yeah. stuff. They don't just you know they're not going to just let you fight willy nilly and get knocked out one night and fight the next. Yeah. Yes, yeah, regulated very well. Yeah. And I think um, another thing which kind of came up today with Jack was that um, sometimes, particularly when there's been like a brutal knockout on a big show, you will yeah. get, whether it's like BBC radio or talk sport, they kind of show some ignorance towards the sport as a whole, where they'll be like, um, oh, you know, it's just, it's brutal and it's just like two 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 guys fighting in a cage to yeah. tell they're a bloody mess. And it's it's kinda of, you know, you do get some fights like that. But it's not yeah. and I feel like that does a real disservice to the to the art and the technique of of mixed yeah. martial arts. Yeah, if you look at like the injuries again, horse riding, for example. <laughs> brutal. I swear it's brutal. and of course you've got um, motorsports and that is but as the risk factor in sports is why you would actually tune into it in the first place. It is the drama of sports. Why do we watch sports? You yeah. see what I'm saying? You watch it for the drama. You watch it for the, you know, and uh, that is something that's so captivating about MMA. But I like, personally, I love it when you see two really competent fighters and they've got the perfect competitive push and pull between each other. Mm. That's what I like to see. Like, I've seen some executions and that. They're, I... I don't like that as much. That I mean, I, it's good, but I, I love it when you see two guys with an iron will competing against each other. They're the they're the contest that I'm in it for, and that's yeah. what I want for myself. So, you know, not yeah. the, 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 oh, don't worry, we're going to get some quick knockouts. But I mean, I like the real competitive fights. I know what you mean. <clears throat> yeah, like not necessarily the brutality of like 
those knockouts. Yeah. It's the it's the it's the technical prowess, isn't it? And the the challenge yeah. and trying to unlock your opponent's defense if they're yeah. a really you know if they're really strong Brazilian Jiu Jitsu fighter. Just trying to work out how you're going to get past that and how you're going to unlock it. And you know, yeah. I can see, particularly as a fighter yourself, I can see why you'd be more attracted to those sort of fights. Whereas yeah. maybe Joe Public, who's watching fights and yeah. getting fights on pay per view, they obviously want to see like the 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 brutal submissions and the you know and the, yeah. the knockouts and that. But everyone um, loves it when you've got two people just pushing each other. Yeah. So. The, like you know the Diaz versus McGregor type of fights Edgar versus Green Maynard they're them kind of fights that's what people really want to see yeah five rounds yeah. of just no backing down isn't it yeah just definitely like round for round yeah they are good yeah. we've got a question about McGregor and Diaz actually which we'll, uh, we'll okay. get to in a minute um, yeah. so it's like it's a really exciting time actually for British MMA because yeah. there's some exceptional fighters like you've got cage warriors and you've got people like Paddy the Baddy Bimlet and um, yep. that uh, the guy from BST, which I've completely blanked on his name and I can't remember the champion. Oh, Modestus. Yes. Modestus. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Oh, I, that's um, right. I'm a big, yeah. big fan of his as well, and I just couldn't yeah, man. couldn't remember his name. Um, and obviously you've got it. like yeah, and you've got like Molly McCann, you've got yourself, your brother, yeah. you've got like Brett Johns and Jack Shaw, Lyndon Darren, Darren Till, yeah. Lyndon Fassell, because I'm I'm saying now Lyndon Fassell, uh the last opponent he beat was up there. He's beat some of the best in the world. So I'm saying that heavyweight title is within his grasp. Maybe a few more fights or something. I see yeah. it happening. So people don't realize he was the, one of the very first people other than Dan Hardy to fight for a world title in the States. Yeah. Of course he didn't get it, but it was one of the first people. One of the to first. Do that. That's yeah. wicked, isn't it? That'd be great if it's, he could get a shot. That'd be really yeah, good. He'll get it again. And then I'll get it next. Yeah. So straight so, up. <laughs> you got like, um, and obviously like Darren Till's doing well, and you got like yeah. um, some like I um a boy who came up earlier uh, was Lewis Long. He was also in Bellator. Um, yeah. Do you know much about him? I'm I'm very familiar with him. He was on the card that I was on last. So um I haven't watched him. I keep my eyes mainly on the lighter weight classes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm somewhat familiar with him. You know, so um. I haven't studied too much of his fights. Yeah, I know. I've heard he's um, like he's pretty good, and he's uh, he's supposed to be yeah. uh, he's a uh, good you know good laugh and a real good uh, good character. And that what I like yeah. about like all those fighters, like which I just named, like Paddy and yourself and Molly McCann, all characters. Yeah. And I think yeah. they all um, potentially can really push on over the next few years to yeah, to, to be like. Some of the, you know, you could end up with several of those names having some gold in the biggest promotions yeah. in the world, and I think that's yeah. nothing, nothing but it's good. Gonna happen. Yeah. It's gonna happen. So, um, okay. So before we get, oh, that's what I was gonna ask you. Is there anyone yeah. from whether it's from BST or Bellator or people who just you know you're yeah. friends with or you're familiar with that we should uh, you know keep a lookout for over the next couple of years to kind of make a name for themselves? So um, I would say we've got this young lad called, um, we call him Albania in the gym. <laughs> That's what we all call him, Albania. But I think his name's actually, it's either Endu or Noah. So he's a bantamweight fighter. He's a current champion on Battle Arena. He's an amateur guy. Amateur fighter. He'll be turning pro soon. 
But I'm saying that I think he, he's going to be world-class for sure. As long as he, he stays consistent and that, he's still very young. I mean, many distractions may come in like in a few years yeah. from now, as they do. But if he stays tunnel vision, I see him blowing up like really good. He holds himself really well, really competitive, and he's humble for how young he is as well. So, um, and then I'd say, of course, Jordan Vichenik, he's blowing up right now. Yeah. And, um, you know, you say he's going to go far. And then, of course, we've got, we've got so many good people in, in our gym. Nick Hayes, Jefferson George, of course, Adestis. So, he's just on the cusp now. The UFC, yeah, they've yeah. definitely got their eyes on him. He's holding one of the most prestigious titles in the world. You know, Cage Warriors, you know, it's a very iconic title to have. I quite like it myself too. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely something I can get my hands on. But I don't know where I'm going yet. It's whoever's going to work with me. Yeah. So, but um, ah, there's this... There's a good, strong team at um, BST. Some very um, good young guys, too, that are showing lots of potential. But it's just, it's not like the potential they show early. It's as they start going through life, so many things will pull them away from the sport, no matter who you are. So it's whoever managed can, can like stay tunnel vision with it, really. So it's not whoever's the most talented now. It's like, how, how do they stick to their guns and do they stay? on the track of it. So yeah, but yeah. It's, it's how you survive it's life, I think, isn't it? Because yeah. like just life yeah. is just whether it's yeah. relationships or yeah. you know, health or it can be anything, can't it? It's just Oh, so many there's all stuff there's always gonna be stuff which is gonna kind of try and pull you away from yeah. your job. And you know, obviously yeah. we're referring to fighting, which you obviously you need that tunnel vision and that focus. But it's yeah. the same, you know, with any profession, particularly any profession, business, or anything you're doing, you know, if it's a bit out there, you know, it's yeah, you should stick with them type of like-minded people too, because yeah, always yeah. constant adversities and stuff. So just to stay tunnel vision, it's hard, but it's a, you build up a strong character over time with it. And I think as well with professional sportsmen and women is yeah. what you'll find is ways, particularly when they're in their like late teens, early twenties, is when all their friends are going out on the piss and yeah. know, doing all like doing all the things, I made them sacrifices. Young, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard isolated work, isn't it? a lot because yeah, you I was always like, out. yeah, I would go out, but I would be out to like three in the morning, absolutely sober. Oh, just, that's just, brutal. Yeah, <laughs> like, and then eventually, no, I stopped going out on that, but then. When I got pulled away from the sport, I was like, "All right, what's this? What's this life all about?" So I went all the way in with that. Yeah, yeah. Thing is, those kebabs just don't taste the same, do they? When you're sober, they're just not the same. Nah. No, but um, yeah, it's it's weird when I think like because there's a, a lot more gyms around, like MMA gyms and stuff around now. Yeah. I think those young fighters are able to kind of if they've got like a group of friends and they they all go to the same gym and they're all teammates it's a bit easier to maybe avoid those distractions whereas yeah. if you're kind of like a talented fighter who's going to the gym like you know a few times a week or whatever and you're doing your training but all your friends yeah. are not there they're you know out and they're doing their 9 to 5 and then they're going to the pub or you know whatever yeah. maybe that makes it harder then doesn't it because yeah your sort of circle of friends are doing what young people do and you're kind of going training and this sort of stuff but it comes down to how much you want it i suppose and that is yeah, that definitely a tunnel vision um yeah 
so like one more question kind of about you uh, what yeah. uh, got any nicknames what's your nickname no, when i went out to vegas they kept calling me tommy the hitman Burns, i quite like that Tommy one. the hitman hearns tommy hearns yeah so yeah, people call me Hitman. Um, Danny Batten calls me a garden gnome. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I quite like the Hitman. Um, I think you should adopt yeah, that one, I do. Yeah, it's a common fighter's name, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's, so, the, uh, that's the only thing, isn't it? It's a common name, but it, it, it's kind of funny after Tommy Hands. But no, nah, I'm just, just Tom Burns at the moment. So it has to be given to you as well. Yeah. So... Yeah, I like yeah, the hitman. You, you're right. You are right, though. There's yeah. there's a lot of hitmen out there, and then uh, in terms yeah, it's been used of like boxers much. and MMA yeah. and stuff. But um, funny enough, like obviously, I do the show with Danny uh, each month where we review the big UFC shows, and yeah. um, he always gives me an update on you and Jordan and uh, yeah and uh, Modestus and stuff. Like I, I'm always asking him just with like like we were just talking before we started recording. I'm like, so what are they up to? What's coming up? You know how are they doing? Because like I, I'm a big, uh, big MMA fan, and um, yeah, like me and Danny get on and stuff. I really enjoy doing the shows with him. Uh, yeah, just going through and like, like I'm a fan of MMA and stuff. You know, I, I'm well into it. So like, to have him come on and do those shows with me and give me the opportunity to have someone on there who's kind of able to give like the real technical. Uh, yeah. analysis of the fights and stuff like that it, it really yeah he really does he's he knows his uh, he knows his stuff him and Raymond yeah um, so we've got a guy at the gym called Raymond Paul too yeah and like their their breakdown of fights so uh, you seen like that film Sherlock Holmes where there's that fight scene and he breaks it down in his head like piece by piece like really yeah. scientifically just the, the way they uh, break down fights technique strategies it's just absolutely world class and i've been like over to the states and i've trained with some of like the like uh the biggest names in the sport regarding coaches and that and i'm telling i'm telling you like raymond danny batten like there's nothing that the people from like you know the, the famous gyms can show me that then too they both can't you know what i'm saying like if yeah. not, they know more it's just the only difference is they're not famous yeah that's yeah. it that's really it. I mean, obviously on the domestic scene, everyone knows who they are. But I mean, I'm, I really, truly believe we're looking at five years from now, they will, their names will be out there like world-class coaching. It will be them. Do yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you know, funny enough, I feel. funny enough, I said that to um, my father-in-law the other day because yeah. I, like, we, just, we, just, we were just like looking at the fighters who are at BST and there's... Yeah so many so many good you know real good fighters and like you say like you've got yourself and you've got Modestus is who's like on the cusp of you know he's going to the UFC yeah. let's face it yeah. Um, yeah definitely I know you I know you can't say necessarily that he is but like I I'm saying I feel it. that I think I feel he it, is yeah. um, and like then you've got Jordan who's looked so impressive um, yeah looked good in his last fight and a fight before really and then you've sharp. got and then underneath, like you guys, you've got like the young, the younger ones who no one knows anything about yet, which are obviously yeah. gonna, gonna come up in time. Yeah, indeed. Um, so what I normally do with when I've had fighters on for these shows, is I start yeah. with the MMA questions, and, yeah. uh, and then we move to some of the, the more random stuff. But just to mix yeah. it up a bit, I think we'll start yeah. with uh, some some 
non MMA questions and then we'll okay. move yeah. there's literally loads of MMA and combat sports questions. Yeah. Um so what sort of music are you into? Oh, everything, everything. So like I love music, I'm like addicted to it. I listen to it all the time. I love hip hop, I love R and B, I love UK hip hop, um, grime, all that indie kind of like rock even some old 80s music and stuff but when it comes to training i need i need like hip-hop music that's, that's angry music yeah not always angry too but something with like a hard bass line yeah um yeah i i love my r&b and hip-hop really do but yeah i love my music best rapper best rapper of all time oh I, I, I can never say best of all time, but I could probably give you like a, a few of the best. I'll just say, let's say Tupac. Yeah, let's say that. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably like later, I'll come up with another name of think, oh, that's no, him. But that's one that springs to my mind. Like that, my, so. uh, my go-to for like hip hop all the time is like, I might say, if I come across like a, a new song, which I like, yeah. I like, I'll listen to that like over and over again. <laughs> But then I always seem to go back when if I'm in like a mood for hip hop, I always go back yeah. to Tupac, Eminem, yeah. and like the NWA and that, that sort of era yeah. of like hip hop and rap and stuff. I always go back to it. Um, yeah. And it's, I'm kind of similar with bands as well. Like I might yeah. like like a few different songs and stuff, like newer stuff. But then I'll always kind of go back to like Oasis or the Stone Roses and that type of yeah. genre. But you know, pal, that's my age as well. Addicted to music, I listen to it yeah, all I'm, the time. I'm the same. And every, age. every, every genre, every genre. Like I like everything. Yeah. Well, not everything. It's, if, it's, if, if, if it's a good piece of music, it's just good. Yeah. Doesn't matter what genre it is to me. Yeah, yeah I, I used to say, um, like I like all sorts of. I'll listen to any music once, and I, I pretty much I could probably find like a pop song which I like, or a cheesy pop song which I like, or I can find like a hip-hop song I like or a rap or whatever I can find dance music I like but I used to say yeah. like I don't really like like uh, opera music or like like that <laughs> music but then yeah I had um a, a film composer on my podcast which was uh, his name is Ross Gilman and what he does is he does the the scores and the soundtracks for like films and tv and adverts and stuff and it was really interesting conversation like just speaking to him but as part of the interview which i did with him i obviously researched him and i looked at some of the stuff he had done to ask him yeah. questions and then um, i found myself listening to some of the more sort of operatic songs that he had done i quite liked them so yeah. i can't even i can't even use my old sort of go-to answer for that which was i like anything except sort of classical and opera stuff because now yeah. i found uh, found that sort of stuff which i like so do you listen to different music depending on kind of what you're doing? Yeah, yeah, definitely. When I'm training, it's always hip hop. Yeah, different songs to suit different moods. I love, I like a good R&B song too. So yeah. And then so, uh, was it? And then you listen to Take That when you're cleaning the houses and you're dancing around. <laughs> yeah, I love a bit of Take That. <laughs> Who does? Yeah, straight up. Yeah. So, what was that? What was the last song that you walked out? What in your last fight? What song did you walk out to? Uh, I was. I think I could have picked a better one, but it was Shaka Too Bad Bad, like featuring Mr. Easy. That was a alright song, but it was just like a last minute one. Is it? Yeah. So how how far in advance do you have to pick the song that you walk out to normally? It's just when I'm there, like I turn up and then you you 
you do all your pre-fight medical kind of stuff or not that like the photo shoots your media stuff you got to do and then they ask you also what you're walking out to and I'll just take it there and then sometimes I get it like in my head like you know maybe a month before and I'm thinking yep that's it I like it when it's about a month out and I can see the walkout everything so clearly yeah and then that's good that's a good place to be so what's your what's the what's your favorite walkout that you've had i think when i made my professional debut um i was just super composed i, f- I really felt like a hitman that night mm-hmm. so um what company I mean, was that with that was with contenders okay so um when i was fighting dominic dylan so i had a year out of the sport um because i broke my ankle and that was pretty horrendous when that happened so then, but uh, before that happened, I'd snapped up all like the, the like the amateur titles in my area, uh, my weight class yeah. and like, lightweight and featherweight. So it was, you know, it was time to go pro. So, um, but then I broke my ankle in training because some guy did one of them scissor takedowns on me, which are illegal in jujitsu. I think maybe wrestling, I don't know, in judo because they, they bust knees and ankles. Yeah. He was a big guy and I was having a very competitive wrestling round with him. And then um, we had the music turn all the way up. And then over the music, you could hear like a, a sound going crack, crack, then crack, like three kind of snapping sounds. I was laying on my back like, whoa. I thought to myself, it's, it's been a good career, you know, you've done good. <laughs> I really thought that was it. Because I, I couldn't fully really figure out what the ha- had happened. It was like yeah. a mad sensation. I thought my knee had gone. I looked down, I looked half all right. But then um, I could see like... Um, the bone was protruding a bit on, uh, it's the bone on the outside. I think it's the fibula, I think it is. Mm. So, um, yeah, and then I had to get like plates put in that, seven pins put in. So that that was, that sucked. Nasty. I was ready, ready to go pro. But then a year later, um, had my pro debut and then just, uh, I walked out to the section boys. So it's a good grind track. It was just, just yeah. all right. And then, um, Dominic Dillon was one of the highest ranked amateurs in the country as well. So he was number one. Then I think he fell to number two. Do you see what I'm saying? So I, I didn't just come back and fight anyone. I fought like the best amateur that was yeah. turning pro at the same time. I was turning pro. And then I beat him in like a round, uh, half a round, you know. And that was that was good. That started it yeah, all nicely. That's, the, that's, that's a good start. Yeah. So um, yeah. obviously you fought for like many companies and stuff obviously yeah. the last few fights have been with Bellator um, you yeah. spent a lot of fights with Cage Warriors which yeah. they do a, such a tremendous job with like British fighters just yeah. the way they promote them the shows they put on and obviously yeah. you know it's a gateway to, to the UFC and to Bellator yeah. um, it's good just fighting on Cage Warriors as well because something about putting them yellow gloves on is like an yeah. iconic thing. It's hard to explain. I like throwing down in the the Cage Warriors yellow gloves. Like if you see some of the most iconic fights in the whole of MMA, they've been on Cage Warriors. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just got that. It's got a real, like, for the, the love of the sport. I mean, the two promotions, Bellator and Cage Warriors, that I've been fighting on recently, it's just, it's so good to be there. You know, I, I, I made the sacrifices to be there. And it just, it feels so good fighting on them platforms. And I always have, I always have a good time every time I fought in Cage Warriors. So, you fought at the yeah. the studio, the BT studio, when they do the shows yeah. from there. What's that like? Because that's got to be different. That was good. It was. Uh, the production was really good, actually. Really good. It looked great. Um, the atmosphere was really intimate. What you could hear, 
the the support as like well the individual yeah. the individual voices and the, of the yeah. crowd because how many does that like seat for uh, not many members? at all it's only I, I would a like couple to, of hundred uh, isn't it yeah well, not even that i don't think maybe but it was, it was such a small crowd but yeah. it was really i really enjoyed it on that show on the cage royce unplugged now, I, re- I would definitely like to fight on there again. At the time, though, I really had to just completely improvise with that whole entire fight. I was not fit to fight. I couldn't even make weight, which I always make weight. And it was my lack of fitness to be able to compose to get the weight down. Yeah. Because I couldn't do my road work leading up to my fights. So I've always been known to have great cardio. And it just wasn't there on the fight because my ankle was absolutely busted. It was just... Uh, Oh, I couldn't believe it, but we winged it, got through it, and uh, a tough guy who was expected to beat me got that W, so that was nice, nice getting back in there. So you mentioned um, weight cutting there, um, yeah. and one of the questions we had was, how would you make weight cutting safer? And we literally, yeah. every time I have a fighter on, that's yeah. and even when we've had the boxers on, people yeah. want to know, because it does feel like we are just waiting for these, yeah. something really bad to happen. And I know that it's and, happened. And it in, already in, has happened yeah. many times. But, yeah. But like, you know, being the kind of the Western world is what it yeah. is, is that until it happens in like America or the UK or like Europe, yeah. people won't pay attention. But yeah, I know it like it's so, happened in Muay Thai, haven't it? Um, on like the UK scene, the guy who's really helping everyone out is Dean Kirk. Okay. So, uh, you know, I done one with him. I'll, I'll see if he's good to work with me again for my fight because I'm going back to featherweight now for the first time since the the layoff for okay. my next fight. So we can talk about that in a bit because I've got a yeah, yeah. coming up on Bellator. A couple of questions can't wait for that. For it. Yes, I can't wait. So, um, so Dean Kirk, um, you should maybe get him on because he, he, he can break it Love down to, to fine science. Love to. Really disciplined. You've got to start early, far out. So two months, if that, but you have to stay disciplined somewhat all year long. But the way I see it, quite frankly, you, you're taking a risk anyway because it's, uh, sports is risk. Being an athlete, whether you're Olympian or whatever, it's not a healthy thing to do. It's extreme. Yeah. So you have to accept it. You have to mentally compose to do it. And to, do, to make the weight on the day often is how good your actual fitness is because okay. you're, you're essentially, you're, it feels like you're sailing towards your death. <laughs> In a weird kind of way, it depends yeah, on how yeah. extreme the weight cut is. Because you wake up at a certain weight and you're like, all right, so I've got this much water I need to come out of my body. You're feeling weak as it is. And then you then have to exert energy to get the sweat on through your body. And then the more water you're losing, you're getting closer to that that level uh, that you have to hit on the scales. But you're getting weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker. And sometimes your vision is going. And then, you see what I'm saying? People people do die doing this. It's so brutal. So the way to be able to do it, you have to get your cardiovascular fitness to an absolute T. And, and it's your composure when you're in a really stressful situation. And then that will actually carry through to the fight the next day is how you, you compose for it. So you have to practice in saunas and um, do your road work to, so you can actually, you're internally, you can be well enough to do the weight cut. But it's, yeah. it's just... A lot of discipline, but quite frankly, I don't think it will, it will never be healthy, you know. No, it's not, and it's well, it, yeah, you have good and bad ones, but it's discipline, just discipline. 
so the same person asked a follow-up question to, to the yes. to the weight cut question and it was basically uh i'm going to paraphrase it just because it's yeah quite long but he said why do um so you know like you see the you had yeah. the chris chris cyborg video where she was in yeah. like the bath and she's crying and you yeah. you know there's been various you see videos of fighters at their worst during a weight cut yeah and um this person was asking why do the fight teams or people's their friends why do these videos yeah. get leaked by those people do you think it's because they're trying to draw attention to like just how severe and bad weight cutting can yeah. be or you know yeah it's, it's it's a story to tell really so um obviously the pressure to win is so huge so huge even at my level like losses are detrimental absolutely detrimental so you have to it's like you're tuning up a Formula One car to perform. So obviously there's the psychological aspect of the sport, which is huge, and then the physiological aspect. So, you know, everyone's trying to get every advantage that they can. But then obviously they're probably not quite doing themselves favours when their weight cuts are too extreme. But yeah, the pressure is so huge. And I think obviously people are putting that out there just so like the public can get a gist of what it really is like to compete yeah. at this level. And it is brutal. Like... um yeah, so it's, it's good for, I guess, the public to see it, really. But um, yeah, yeah, I think sometimes, um, like, people see, oh, they've missed weight by three pounds. And people, yeah. like, you know, like myself, who are not fighters, not involved in fighting, yeah. not involved in camps and training. And they yeah. think, well, it's three pounds. Why haven't they done that? Yeah. The fact is, they've probably lost, like, 15 pounds yeah. to get down to that and three. Watching them do it is one thing. You have to experience it to really know. Yeah, this is how you feel when you're doing it, and and oof, it's you 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 can trigger like a panic response in your body. Like yeah. if you become really unwell, like your body's gonna try and survive. So, so it's shut down and stuff like that. Yeah, but then eventually fighters they push the limits for themselves so much they do they can do do it most of the time because they they really are tough people. So oh yeah. So yeah. another like this is kind of a question from me, I guess. Yeah. Is I I often do think is the healthiest way in terms of weight cutting for people to just fight at the weights they walk around in, uh, walk around at yeah. generally. And I, I know. So yeah. So I like I know that that you know I know the answer to the question in that yeah it is, but also yeah. it's it's not realistic because in professional sport whether it's fighting or boxing or wrestling or you know whatever football rugby cricket professional sport is about those very tiniest of advantages and yeah if you can go into featherweight as a big featherweight or a lightweight as a big lightweight because yeah. you've cut that weight down it's those little advantages i'm guessing would that be right what like um, is that like what I mean is is it right am yeah. I right in saying that 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 it's about the advantage like the reason people cut weight rather than yeah. just fight at you know their, I their mean, walk around weight so I fought Aiden Lee and Decky and they're featherweight fighters and I I used to think I was big for a featherweight and then I come to the weight and I'm looking like right up <laughs> do you see what I'm saying like I'm yeah. proper like my head is by their chest like a like <laughs> so that's me at featherweight so imagine like them filled out at lightweight is you know the size yeah. difference is, is huge 
Man. So you just got to be somewhat like honest with yourself and whatnot. You have to be realistic. Well, you got to push boundaries to somewhat, but it's, you got trial and error with it because some people will just feel better going in as the smaller fighter. And yeah. I may be leaning towards that way in the future from now, but I'm going to go back down to featherweight because my, my intention, and I really believe I'll do it, is to get like a featherweight world title. I'm looking at Bellator. I'm looking at Cage Warriors. So, but um, Got your eyes yeah, on uh, Modestus' belt, have you? Yeah, like, well, why not, you know? Uh, or the, well, that Bellator belt. So whoever's got yeah. work for me, but I've got, I've got to show them that my worth on uh, when I go to Dublin, you know? So Yeah, so let's talk about Bellator a bit. Obviously, yes. you had your comeback fight. God, that, how long ago was that now? It was a couple of weeks from that. That was September. September. Oh, then the come, yeah, my, my comeback against Decky. Yeah. Cage Warriors, yeah, yeah. So that was. So you had, sorry, yeah. Number. So you had, you had the Cage Warriors fight versus Decky, and then you had yeah. Bellator one as well. Then didn't you? Yeah. Not long after that. Yeah, and that yeah. was a real disappointment. But it's all just started kicking in now because um, Ian Dean gave me a call about an opportunity on Cage Warriors Unplugged. I, yeah. I just started training again, but I was pretty much still off the couch. If you see what I'm saying, then I had yeah. about six to seven weeks to get down. So I was like, all right, let's do a catch weight because you know this is like I'm. I'm pretty much just off the couch so um then i just zoned in on the fight injuries happening in the fight camp obviously because i wasn't ready and mm. then um so i pretty much just worked out got fit but then all that experience from the past i know how to fight at the end of the day so i got that w but i look back the performance was pretty good actually you know well could be better so um then i went back to back fight camps um opportunity come from bellator against jeremy petley and then um, we went with that. It was great to be back at Wembley. But then the, the fight was just so boring. <laughs> Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. I watched it. Uh, uh, I didn't watch it live, but I watched it. And um, uh, I, it wasn't your best fight, sorry, should we say? It wasn't my best fight. Um, and ironically, I used to do sculpting in, in the MMA. I had a, a taste in my mouth like I wanted to strike on the feet. I was mm. feeling it. So um, when I would go towards... Um, Jeremy to engage with a striker he just kept circling away circling away circling away circling away so I couldn't so I was like do you see what I'm saying I've got to be impatient mm. he would shoot a double leg and then he'd squeeze the half guard shut and then he would do it round one round two round three then at the end of the fight I got up and I said to him I said you just held on and he agreed with me he goes in his Canadian accent he's like yeah I know man you're, you're a tough guy so I had to I'm thinking so you just admitted you stalled the fight. Yeah. <laughs> so he had no intention of looking to finish. And then he's saying, I'm not a gatekeeper anymore to the camera. I don't want the big fights. But I'm thinking, no, you're still a gatekeeper, mate. Still a gatekeeper. Like, it's all on me, the loss. I messed up. So, Did you, but, um, um, did you feel like a bit rusty from, obviously, yeah, you had a long layoff? I felt rusty in the decky fight and, and rusty in that one. But now I've got in there like twice and against good guys like yeah. Jeremy's got double the amount of professional experience I have he's a lot, a lot of older probably a lot right? more mature and Decky was ranked higher than me we had an identical professional record and he was ranked a lot higher than he expected to win every time someone has a layoff they come back and they fight an absolute pie just so that they they yeah. get confident again I went straight in straight in onto the two biggest platforms in the world against two guys expected to beat me I, I didn't have to do that. No one would have said anything if I would have bought like a couple of journeymen and I could yeah. have put them out easy, easy. Just like, to get really back into it. it. And then, um, but I just want to do 
like the way I was before that um, injury happened. I was, I was willing and ready to take on like the best competition. So, but now I've got in there and um, it's all kicking in now. And there's lessons learned from what happened at Wembley. So, um, ah, then the opportunity I've got coming up is just perfect. Yeah, so tell us about that then. You've got a fight coming up at Dublin. Yeah. So, obviously, I was so disappointed with myself at Bellator. Jeremy played a boring fight. Having said that, I failed to create the scrambles underneath and my takedown defence was shocking. You know, but um, he would have got he would have got clipped too much on the feet, so he had to take it down. So yeah. he played it smart. So going back, I, I I turned up to the gym the very like the Monday. Just um, Danny and that had a word with me, so you know, like that's not the old Tom. You know, I, I, I want to see how you were because when it was first turned professional, people weren't making it out in the first round. Mm. And then the, the when I would go to the decision, it would be with guys like Jordan Desbrat, Aiden Lee, really experienced guys, and they were damn good fights. So now I've got in there twice. We're bringing it back and it's all clicking in again. I've got it back. So, um, yeah, got back in the gym, got training. A little bit bruised up and that, but I was fine. So then um, I was talking to Jude Samuel. I was like, you know, uh, so can you give me this Dublin card? And he's like, no, I'm afraid not, mate. We've got 400 rostered fighters and they need they need to be booked. I was like, I, was, I wouldn't let him. He's like, no, Jude, <laughs> you can do better. Come on. Cardi's like, no, 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 no. I, the card's full. It's full, Tom. <laughs> I was just keeping them on the end of the line and then she's like yeah I gotta go <laughs> and then um, I was thinking damn it and then because Ian Dean's been great working with me as well so he's had lots of opportunities but it sucked because I was like I'm feeling hungry I need a goal in sight something to work towards or else I'm just sitting in limbo it's just a horrible place to be Yeah, something in sight something to work towards discipline myself for it's just uh, it's, the, it's the best so then um, I think uh, so what am I going to do spoke to Ian Dean and he would have some opportunities for me. But I want to go to Bellator. I want to get paid well and I want to start really manifesting a career for myself. Yeah. You know, which I will. I most certainly will. So then um, I got home from, I was at the city centre, I got home, I was packing my bag, going to train. I was like, oh, so I'm going to train. I'm going to stay on the hamster with it, stay on the treadmill. Just keep, you know, stay in the scene. Stay sharp. And then, then Jude messaged me um, a fight and it was uh, Dylan Logan from SBG okay. um, and there's these training partners with Conor McGregor so um, you know he spars with him quite regularly from what I've seen uh, I've looked into him and it's a damn good fight it's another tall guy so he'd be I think he's about six foot tall so there's another one where the weigh-ins are going to be funny but um, yeah so it's Dublin the fight's in Dublin the fight in Dylan Logan SBG on his home turf and um the type of fighter he is, he's he's exciting, is what I'm gathering. Unlike Jeremy, you know, he's he's not going to stall it. He, so Jeremy, I describe him more like an athlete. Yeah. And then some people, they're more like a fighter. And I'm I'm gathering. That's what we're getting with Dylan. So uh, he's never ever seen the, a decision, from what mm. I've gathered. That's interesting, right? Yeah. So it's very much kill or be killed. Whereas I was earlier, I've experienced every spectrum of like where you can go in a fight. He hasn't. I've fought much better competition, but he is a winner. He wins fights consistently and he puts people away. So, and then obviously the physical difference between us two is just going to go together well, you know, and um, it's going to be in Dublin. He'll have his home support and um, there'll be a lot of eyes on this fight. So it's going to be yeah, great. It could but, be. Um, it's a tremendous opportunity for you as well. Obviously, it's a big you've, one. you've had that loss with in the on the Bellator card and now yeah. you can 
you know, if you pick up an impressive, uh, if you pick that, up a win. loss on the Bellator, he didn't really, he didn't hurt me. He yeah, didn't he didn't. Me either. He, just, he beat me decisively. Yeah. And he won fair in the square. But it wasn't like, I didn't feel like, say for example, me and Aiden Lee fought, yeah? Mm-hmm. We got out the back. Aiden Lee was throwing up. And then I got walked to the, the doctor's bit. And then he got walked there. And we were both like laying next to each other. Both getting stitched up. Like, oh, good fireman. Good. Like yeah. that was, we went there. But then when Jeremy, I was just like, oh, what? You know, it was. Did you, like, so, do you feel a bit frustrated afterwards? That, like you just yeah, didn't quite with myself get going? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, cause it's just one of them things. You can, you can turn up to work, have a bad day at work. You make a lot of sacrifice for 15 minutes and then, you know, there were also, I will say on my part, I wasn't tunnel vision enough in the fight camp. The fight camp was good and I had really good people around me, but myself, myself, I wasn't as tunnel vision as I usually am. Yeah. I've got my opponent down to the T. I know who he is and uh, I completely know how to deal with him. But there was other distractions that was going on with me, like nothing too serious, nothing, but it was pulling my attention away and it wasn't good. <laughs> so yeah. now I've got this opportunity and I've got the rust off and I've fought some you know really good guys since the layoff. Um, I'm telling you, it's it's just all it's all gonna be right for Dublin. Yeah, yeah, and I suppose like the main thing is to get that win. But if you can have um pick up the, Not win, just the win and be impressive, it's yeah. gonna be a, it's a big it's a big fight for you, isn't it? I'm not I'm not going out there like with this attitude as like Oh, I need to win. My record yeah. needs to be good. No, I'm going out of the pure love of the sport. You know, and yeah. that's how I come when I fought Aiden Lee. It was, it was so, it was, it was real. It was passionate. It was just organic. It was who I really am. I just, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, yeah. So I've got to really refine my grappling and my jiu-jitsu. It, it, and it's really good, but it's just, it's use it or lose it with whatever you do, whether you're a chess player, whatever. If you, and I, I completely neglected it and it showed. So um, Raymond Paul at the gym's on my case. He's like a big brother sometimes at the gym. You know, well, even though he's not very big, but, you know, he's always on my case. Yeah. Like, you need to be doing this, you need to be doing this. So he's always, like, that watchful eye over me, and so is Danny. So I need to go refine my wrestling, refine my jiu-jitsu, but I, I see it. My hands are going to go in this next fight. He's going to feel a lot of pressure. Yeah, yeah it'll be interesting to see, uh, see how that one goes, definitely. Where, yeah, where I'll tell you how it's going. My yeah. hands getting raised straight up. Hands yeah. getting raised in the free arena in Dublin. Then they get a Guinness afterwards. That's what we want to see. So, and and if, if if he can't make it to the decision, that's fine, you know, because he, he never does. So I'll, I would, I'll, I'll be the one finishing that fight. For sure. Where um, where can people in the UK watch that then? It's so on. I'm not too sure yet. Um. Uh, does uh, a lot of Bellator fights feature on Design or? Yeah, I, I, I always get confused it. where Spike, they go. Channel Five, Spike, Channel Five, they, Zone. Yeah, of course the Bellator app you'll be able to catch the prelims. So I'm going to be on the prelims, right, Philly? So I've got to pay my dues there. Yeah, you know, I'm going to get through this fight. I'm going to put him away with style, and then I was, you know, I said, look, let's get that next contract. And I want to compete as soon as possible after that, you know, but um. This fight is just it's just for pure love of the sport. And then not only that, it's it's a prosperous one for me. Like the career's now looking prosperous again. Despite coming off a loss, like opportunities are there and I'm grabbing it with both hands. Yeah. I, the other thing as well is like you just gotta take the opportunities when they come. And I think with the yeah. with like fighting and boxing or MMA is yeah. 
because people can pull out fights or they can yeah you never know when you might get slotted into a title fight or a or interim title fight or something or yeah. like do you know what I mean that you could you could have a really also, impressive performance you just got to catch then, your wave yeah if you see what I'm saying like uh there's so so many variables to the game. You should be c- consistently winning, and you're gonna take losses. Because if you don't take losses, how do you really know what you're on about? Mm. And that's not even an MMA. To, to understand the sport to a deeper level, you have to take losses. But you should be winning consistently. But then, if you stick around long enough, you got enough grit, you will catch the wave eventually. And like examples are like the Diaz brothers. Like obviously, the fans always loved them, but I never. I'm not too sure if politically, like they'll people wanted to push them. Yeah, on the scene, but they stuck around, and then before you know, it, the, the biggest fights in history that they're in it. So, you know, stick yeah, around, spot catch on, your wave. Um, you know what I'm saying? So obviously, we've mentioned a couple of times your injury. Um, so we had like a couple of questions about it. Uh, so the yeah. person said that obviously you went viral uh, in 2018 <laughs> for, the for the wrong reasons, oh. where you were you suffered an. Horrific arm injury, yeah. uh, better tour 200. Uh, yeah, was it one of those ones where you felt the pain instantly, or was it more didn't really realize and then sort of look? I realized it straight away because I could feel the sensation and I could like hear it when it happened. But, um, I was in the state you know where I was so like ready to compete, so like the pain wasn't really nothing that bothered me, you know. It's yeah. more the emotional side of it. What was hard was I feel like, for starters, the ego was a problem too. Like I was like, no way did he just beat me. <laughs> That's how <laughs> I felt at first. I was like, come on. Because between me and him, like sometimes you can read, you've, when you've done something so many times before, and this is through your own empathy because you've been in these situations, you somewhat know what someone's actually thinking in their head. Yeah. So when he took it to his field, the grappling, and that I was composing and then I started absolutely dominating him in his area and then I didn't even start getting my hands going and then my heart rate was low so low throughout the whole contest I wasn't even stressed from him so a sheer miracle happened for him and I could feel the relief I could just feel it instantly like it's like I just beat him like that's Mm -hmm. that's what I feel like I could just it felt like I could read you know like you could pick up on someone's energy yeah um and but then that set him up nicely. Before you know it, like a, a couple of months later, he's fighting for a world title on Cage Wars. And I can't help. I see like some of these articles that went out. They were using my name to promote him. Like he beat me. Like, like, yeah. And it was saying that he beat me in the most, with the most horrific stoppage in like in MMA. So if you're just a local fan reading it, you'd be like, oh, he just yeah. destroyed Tom Mearns. But he did his it. Arm he, got, up and... he got schooled. For, for in throughout that fight, and then um, and the reason why that happened because my arm was fractured going into the fight. Did you but know that? Was, did you know uh, that beforehand? I I knew I was injured going into the fight. I didn't realize it was to that extent because like you're often you're in that frame of mind. You're always just like brushing things off. Yeah, you just got that will will to work. You you want to achieve, and uh, you get blindsided. So what was the yeah? But, what was the full injury once you had it all? Yes, yeah, so. There was like an avulsion fracture on that, but it was uh, the ulnar and radial collateral ligaments. They'd ripped completely off the bone. So, I mean, that, if it was a, yeah, because a break would be okay because it calcifies in six weeks. Yes. Do you see what I'm saying? Just, yeah, just and clean breaks better, the scar tissue. Yeah. But ligament damage, you're looking at, I mean, well, 
they don't they regenerate, yeah. do they? they? Like, you know, half a year for them to start like being better. But really, you're looking, they'll still be healing now to somewhat. Um, and they've re- been reattached with like um, sutures dipped in collagen and they had to shave the bone down and then stitch into the, um, like drill it into the bone. So they're obviously artificial, so they don't regenerate like a normal ligament. So, so but, does that does yeah. that make it difficult, um, kind of recovering from fights and sparring yeah. and stuff like that? It's it would never be the same, but it's good enough to do the job. I don't really even think about it too much anymore. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm doing really well on my grappling runs and that. Yeah. Sparring well, boxing good. When it happened, I was like, oh no, that's my left cross gone and that's my left hook gone. And they were like my money shots. Yeah. But that's all back now. So, and um, Nick Ferran was the surgeon. He done a great job on it. The movement's great in it. It's great. It's just I just have to nurture it a bit more, look after it. But you, you know what? It, it's good. It's good. What was mad about that was that, um, like your arm is like effectively snapped. Yeah. Uh, the refs called like stop the fight. He's called for help. The, the crowd have then seen the replay on the screen because obviously they've not really, they can't see in real time because of the cage and yeah. stuff. The crowd yeah. have seen on the screen the replay. They've all gasped yeah. and kind of seen it. Then, like, yeah. so everyone's kind of shocked. You kind of just stood up and aided and went and yeah. stood for the result announcement. And I, was, yeah. I remember watching the clip and just thinking, Fucking hell, balls of steel. Yeah. Like, just to be able to just, like, you didn't want to, you didn't seem to want to kind of no. be helped, helped to the back. And so you know. that is my frame of mind when I'm in there and when I'm competing. It's just like, uh, I always said to myself, you're not disabled, you're good, just keep going, keep pressing forward. But obviously, that mm. time I did get disabled. But, you know, that, that is that, that sort of zone that you see me there when that, like, how brutal that, like, that calmness. That is how I am when I compete. And that is really what everyone's up against. My next opponent, he's up against that frame of a mind in there. Yeah. So like there and then in the moment, you know, I was really composed. After the fight, though, once I had nothing to strive for anymore, the financial loss I took. And then, um, you know, my goals, everything gone. And then um, other personal things that um, happened. There was like a state of nihilism I was in pretty much. Like there was, mm. I had nothing after that. So that... That was that was the hardest thing to deal with. But other than, in the sense of a fight, it's like I've done the dance so many times, so many times where I've been in like really. I've had some like my amateur fights were really brutal, so I just compose. You see, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, Composure. yeah. Composure. It's it's it's. I wasn't even that freaked out when it happened, but it's just then after like um, I'm waiting like obviously on the NHS to get surgery. It takes months, and I, I wanna. I want to work. I want to. Mm. I, I want to make money. I want to achieve, and I want to get a world title. When that wasn't there for me, oh man, that was that was, was the, so hard. Was the men- mental side of it harder than Absolutely. the physical side of it in the recovery? So much. Like the physical, because I'm good at like like um, eating good food, working out stuff. It's easy to me. But you know what though. I've had like lots of adversity as well, just like anyone else. But that one really taught me so much more about myself, like things that I, you know, bad things about myself as well. So yeah, yeah, I had to go through that, and then I had to decline mentally and go backwards, and then go completely into myself where I wasn't even talking to anyone. I just like I was I was struggling after that. So um, 
But then when I come through it, and then like some, obviously I was down, right, really down. And then obviously in the, in the type of them feel this in, yeah, if like some people they would be celebrating it, especially if you are looking like a threat it, on that kind of circuit. Do you see what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you do feel pretty lonely and that, and um, other things that happened. Yeah, I was, I was really struggling. So someone said to me like, "Hey, you need to go on antidepressants," and I was like, "No, never." Because you're actually depriving yourself of an experience. In my opinion, that's just only my opinion. No one's yeah. going to budge me from it. And I don't care if anyone agrees with me on it. It's just how I see it. If you're going through it, uh, you're then, you know, you've got something going between you and yourself that you have to figure out yourself. So if you go for any kind of drugs or anything to help or for whatever, I think that that's robbing you of an experience. So like, since that's happened, on a mental level, I feel so much more mature, so much more mature. Come a lot sooner than it should have. Like, I, I took way too long because obviously I love my friends, um, you know, but we, we start spiraling down really hard as well, going out and that, you know, it's, you know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. I was going out a lot after that. Yeah. Not doing what I should be doing. Weren't turning up to work and uh, just didn't care. And then, you know, but then I, I learned so much. It's hard to explain. Hard to explain. So I feel mentally I'm so much better for it going through it. And it's so true. So true. The thing is, so I always true. think like with them... I was, like before it, I was always so confident and so cocksure of myself. Like mm. not cocksure, but like in the sport, like, I could really bleed. And then once that happened, like everyone was like, all right, so you're just naive now. You, you know, you weren't really going to go all the way with this. And you finally got to the big stage. So now it's time to pack it up. People like that to me. I was thinking, mm. oh, so you got so it was really hard trying to stick to my guns on what I said, and I still did. And coming back from the injury too, I never once, never once got tempted to start taking like the Mexican supplements, say what they call yeah. them. Do you know what I'm saying? It just yeah, rode it out. Took time. I left the gym. I fell out with some really close people to me, you know. So um, and then one reason why I was really struggling because I was self-assessing myself all the time. Once I had, you know, so. I was, yeah, it went really quiet. But then, yeah, I learned loads about myself and other people. It was good. No, it wasn't, but there's a good side to it. Yeah, in in hindsight, like the aftermath can be good, can't it? Because you can can learn about yourself and you can learn about other people. I think, I always say like to myself, is that you learn so much more from adversity and losses and things going wrong than you yeah. do if everything's going right and i yeah. think at that time i couldn't see the point in that one though because like, I've, I've yeah, yeah of course. i didn't need nothing that brutal because i want to i want to climb i want my career but and then um but then hell yeah i got through something that should have like i know i'm really about it that was a that was a sure good opportunity to say look i'm done now i'm not really i'm not really about this but no i am because yeah i couldn't understand why it meant so much to me why i couldn't just say oh you know i, I wish i'd done very good things in the sport I could have just moved on, you know, and put my eggs in another basket. But it clearly goes to show what I am really about this sport. It does mean something to me. So, and I, I, I'm fully to serve a world title now. On yeah. Bellator, so. Well, the thing is, so yeah, it'd be like so, when you were when you're the when you're the champion of the world, is yeah. you'll you'll look back and like that's like your sliding doors moment, isn't it? Where you could have yeah. you could have packed it all in and said, no, I'm done. I've had a few of them as well, though. But yeah, but that one was really hard, especially it. on the the platform it happened on. Yeah, and I yeah. say it was it was a big 
massive show, and it? it was better Talk two hundred, and you know, mm-hmm. if you would yeah. like, it's, I guess I would imagine that you were probably thinking, you know, if I'd had go going into it, maybe like if you'd had a mega impressive performance yeah. at that show, your name's out there in it worldwide, yeah. even more Just, so. Even the win would have set me up nicely. Like obviously, you would get that winner's purse. It would have been nice. Yeah. And um, I would have been doing so well. Like I would have been on, you know, the next opportunity. I could have like took a little bit of time off to reassess myself, got to work, start saving money and whatnot. But then that all went tits up. So then, yeah. <laughs> and then as it does. I, I obviously I done a lot of naughty things as well after. So you know, but it's good. Ooh, that got to learn, you? Gorillian, yeah. Hundred percent. Makes you a better person. So, I, so, I'm uh, so happy to be back. I can't, I can't explain how I feel about this fight coming up in Dublin. How you can tell, you could tell just by speaking to you. Yeah. Um, like I've spoken to you on the phone early, earlier yeah. on today, and we've messaged back and forth. I haven't really spoken to you before that, um, yeah. or at least in person. And like I can tell just by speaking to you, like not just, yeah. not just like your enthusiasm for this particular fight. But you're just your passion for, for MMA. I truly feel confident about it because I'm looking at back everything that happened, like from my whole career, from where it is to now. Obviously, like it's not a major success story. I'm not liking, but I'm on the world's biggest platform. No shortcuts. Like it was all through the hard, like uh, the rough, un- like amateur scene coming up. Never once ever cheated in the sport, or do you see what I'm saying? Like, and when you yeah. see like how much pressure one under. So like it's like I've got true confidence when I'm in there. I'm not naive as well. So like I know how cruel, how unfair it can be. But like when I step in there and I'm I'm at these venues and that and I see like greatness around, you know, mad respect for all the people I see there too. But I truly feel like I belong and it's yeah. so true. That's how I feel. So oh man, so when, bring it on. When you think about like the adversity which you've had um, with injuries and as as you know in life yeah. generally, does it frustrate yeah. you when you see people uh, like uh, what's his name doing the blood you know being suspended for blood doping and and PDs yeah. Yeah. you know really uh, TJ uh, Dillashaw wasn't it yeah. and like he's had I've got a lot to tell all yeah. all the opportunities in the world to be yeah. like he had the UFC really behind him pushing him as yeah. the, the double champ. They, they gave him, yeah. the, you know, they let him fight at different weights. They, they, yeah. they, he had the full, the power of the machine behind him, promoting yeah. him, yeah. which meant that he gets, you know, more opportunities financially, sponsorships, media, all this different stuff, but also as a fighter promoted. And then, like, to me, like you've got PEDs and steroids. I feel like blood doping is taking yeah. it another step forward all bad. and I just think it's the only so... time I could like justify it is if you are 100% medically cleared well not cleared uncleared like you're suspended for a long long time you had something even with, like something like my injury like if you are under some regulation where they assess you like it was so brutal that you could use it to heal from that and then what come off and still be suspended and then come back in and even like I didn't even do that but yeah. that's the only I could only justify that way so I feel like if you look at the fighters you truly admire, what people truly admire, they are the most courageous. So let's look at people like the Diaz brothers, Masvidal, you've got Michael Bisbin, you've got Frankie Edgar. Like these are the real rocky characters of the sport. I never heard out of them ever getting popped for steroids. 
And yeah. do you see what I'm saying? They're the, they're the truest to me. That's who I think you should aspire to be like. Because yeah. one thing I don't like is when these fights get popped for steroids, they will turn to the next man to them. Oh, yeah, you're, you're on it too. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got caught. Like, they know so many people on it. They brush it off and they justify it. Just sounds like, ah, oh, yeah, you got caught. You're naughty, basically. But no, they need to say it for what it really is. And it's cowardice. Yeah. It's cowardice Chicken. through and through. It's not, it's not, yeah, it's not, but it's not just cheating. It's, it's, a, it's a flaw in themselves that they need to, it's, it's, a, it's a cowardice thing. So another thing, yeah, like competing in sports in general, it is a selfish thing to do. Okay. But there, there's, a, but then many beautiful things come from it too. But it is quite a selfish thing to do. Let's, let's be clear about that. So if you're using steroids, jabbing yourself in the bum, what to uh, lift the world title, what do you lift the world title for? One many, many people are going to do that to say, I'm great, I'm the champion of the world. That's narcissism, like, on a major level. Like, people are dying from terminal illnesses. They need steroids. But if you're using it to say, I'm the greatest in the world, you know what I mean? Just eat your broccoli. Yeah. <laughs> eat your broccoli and Train get holistic health. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah... I, 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 and I see where they're coming from. The pressure to win is so, so huge. So, like, you know, everyone makes mistakes too. So, but I just, I'm, all I, I'm so against it. It's, it's, and not only that, we're shaving years off each other's life. So, someone yeah. goes in a complete, completely clean. And if you look at, like, the Olympians and that, look at the dif- differences that these sprinters are doing. And that. Now, imagine that force is going through someone's skull and one person is clean. And then they, they're getting robbed of that winner's purse. But what people want to see in fighting too is they, they want to see the charisma come through. Yeah. And the true charisma comes from the people that didn't take them shortcuts. That's how I feel, you know. And you see, like, also another thing, you know, is the guys that do get popped, you never see them shining in the deep waters. But the guys that went clean the whole career, they go into the deep waters like um, when... Um, Darren Elkins beat Bectic. Like, I, I don't know if he's... Been, I, I'm pretty sure he's a clean athlete, but like, you, you see them, they're the tough characters, like Michael Bisping. Man, what a story he's had. What a career. Like, um, and the, Never and got the popped, brothers. ever. Yeah, and they, like, they've took many losses, but, like, who cares? They're the Diaz brothers. Michael yeah. Bisping's Michael Bisping's. They're true to themselves and incredible athletes. So that's, that's, that's how you should be in this sport. When I yeah. spoke to, um, to Paddy... Uh, Pimblet, like we discussed, yeah. we talked about this stuff, and like his view of it is as well was that like when you fight, whether yeah. it's boxing or MMA, you put your yeah. life on the line because yeah. it does. And and some people will say that's a bit like dramatic and that, but it's not like because no, you only need to get you only need to get cracked wrong or land wrong on your neck yeah. or your head, and it's game over. Um, and then like you just said, if you've got someone who's like roided up. And the yeah. other person's not, and it's you know, it's, I don't like it yeah. at all. And I just think no. like you could, like that extra bit of force, that extra power, that extra um, stamina, or whatever you want to in training, yeah. that could be the difference between you know. Yeah. Or, 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 all right, like let's say people need to speak out against it more too. Like like yeah. like big names like Paddy, Ladias brothers, because then like things trend too. Like people are like very pliable in their head. Like, you'd be surprised. Even like, like a super strong fighter, they're not like the most, always the strongest, like, head, strong people you ever see. Like, they get persuaded to do things. So, when you get, like, real good role models, 
that have, that have good style and that, that, that people want to be like, and they're saying, look, don't be a pussy, don't use steroids. Yeah. People are like, no, I want to be like him, I want to be real. So like, and like people, are, I like it's good when you get the, the real good names talking out against it. So, yeah. yeah. The one thing you could say about Paddy is he's real. He, uh, he is. He's just a real dude. I, it gets a lot of, um, you know, he fought really good guys, really young. Like from one fight to the next, I see that. I, I, I and you know, he's real. Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. There's so, a lot of um, not one real ones out there. No, that's it. Yeah. But they're, um, they're really pulling the wool over the public's eyes. Like, because public, they don't have a clue. They just refer to as cage fighting. Whoever's got the biggest kind of like, they don't know. You have to experience it to really know. But yeah. Well, he, he, prime he, example with Paddy was he, uh, he's been out for 18 months with injury uh, yeah. because, he, because he didn't want to pull out of a fight because he was injured and he didn't yeah. want to pull out. And then he took his loss and he lost his title. Yeah. Then he had yeah. a lot, because he didn't pull out, his injury was worse. He was out for longer. Yeah. And then he had his comeback fight scheduled for a few weeks back. And the guy came in. The guy did take it on like yeah. late notice, but he came I'm in with like him. 13 pounds overweight. Yeah. And it's like, you know, he knew a week out. He knew two weeks out. He knew a couple of days before yeah. that he was never making that weight. And yeah. the thing is, because he was because he came in late, if he had said, I won't be able to make weight, but can we do it at this weight? Can we do it at catch weight? Paddy would have done it because he wanted to get back fighting. He wanted to fight. Yeah. And it's like, I just feel like that guy kind of used it as a, basically a trip over here to the UK. Yeah. Had a few weeks. People and, won that fight too. But yeah. yeah. And the other so thing, yeah, people won the fight with Paddy. And also, yeah. I think what wound him up, which set him off on Twitter and stuff, was that when yeah. they did the weigh-ins, and the guy weighed in, I think it was 12 or 13 pounds over. He sat yeah. down and started rehydrating and eating uh-huh, rather yeah. than, you know, going in the sauna or trying to, like, yeah. lose a bit more sort of thing. But Have you spoke to Paddy? Um, yeah, he's been on the show. Um, yeah. He came on before, which was loads and loads of fun because um, yeah, yeah. He, he just talks like, and he's, you know, he's got plenty to say. I mean, he's scouser as well. Scouser. So, yeah. But like, <laughs> I think... With him, with that fight as well for him was that one he was desperate to fight and he had low when he he sort of kicked off a bit on like social media because he was pissed off and then loads of people were saying well just take the fight anyway and he was like well hang on he's thirteen pounds overweight now by yeah. tomorrow when we fight he could have a stone on me and mm-hmm. like a stone do you know what I mean like that could be really like why would you take that fight. To, you yeah. know, to be to to be given up a stone in weight because your opponent didn't want to or couldn't make weight, it just doesn't seem. It seems like sometimes the the wrong people get punished. If that makes sense, I don't mean punished mm-hmm. in like suspensions and stuff like that. I just mean in like how things work out or how they get treated. And I don't know, winds me up a bit. Yeah. Like this. Um, so okay, let's get back to some questions. Um, this one was from a, a young fighter, um, and he asked, uh, "How determined are you to succeed, and what does it take to become a great champion?" I'm very, very determined. So, oh, what does it take? You know, it's you're going to keep going through stages of your life, really. So, tunnel vision. You got to stick to your. It's interesting because you have to be open-minded enough to learn from people. 
So people will help you get there, but also you have to stick to your own like goals. You have to stand for something and damn right stick to it as you're going through the sport. And of course, you can be wrong in many ways, but like as you start like getting success, other people's perceptions, you can't let them get into your head. That other people say what they think is best for you, and that you got to know who who to take advice from, who not to. And then obviously, like people that will love you as well will be trying to pull you away from your goals. So it is hard. You need you need thick skin, thick skin. You know, because then, um, and then also, like, you know, as you start getting known, people are going to start testing you out and they're going to start, you know, say, yeah, thick skin. You've got to draw um, inspiration from people who are in a similar field to you that, that have done great things, listen to other people's stories, and to stay inspired. And, you know, it, it's hard, but you, you've got to, you're going to love it and then you're going to hate it and then you're going to fall back in love with it. That's very much how I've been with it. And um, you have to sacrifice the present for the future. And you've got to do it as soon as you can. You know, so. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Gaz asks, uh, would you ever fight your brother? Hell no. Hell no. No, I didn't no, think so. No, no, but, um, no. I thought. I have that. We, we fight each other anyway, but we ain't no sellouts. That'd be so, you know, I mean, dagger on that would make people would pay. Pay money, wouldn't they? Yeah. Just like they pay for yeah. the Diaz brothers. and Yeah. It's, but it's but, like. Feels a bit no. like WWE yeah, this is martial style, arts too. Do you know what I'm saying? It's martial arts, so yeah. like that's my brother. Like, what do I stand for? Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm putting myself on a platform, I'm putting myself on Bellator, Cage Warriors. Like, these are the biggest platforms in the world. And I was nearly made the ultimate fighter, so I have to stand for something. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. Of course, I want to. I want to make money, and I'm gonna have to. I have to be selfish to go after these things, and 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 I will start making good money from this. But it's like, no, you've got to stand for something. And, um, you know, family matters. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's my brother. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I get it. Good question. But hell no, that's my bro. So. Fair enough. Uh, what else we got? Let's have a look. Uh, so oh, you, you kind of just answered this slightly, but um, yeah. have you ever been in talks or offered a move to UFC? Okay, yeah. So, um when I was um, the Ulmer fighter, did the season of the undefeated, and I had an undefeated professional record at the time. So um, Danny Batten and Greg Lunn at the time, they phoned me up and they're like, oh, "So what are you doing?" So I'm, oh, you know, working in this warehouse. I've got like pay these bills, and I was living with my missus at the time. So I was like, oh, you know, I can't afford to go out to Vegas. So Greg and Danny saw it. They're like, "You're going Vegas." So I mean. My, thank, thank you to them for that. It was, it was an amazing experience, so good. Um, but yeah, flew out to Vegas, did the trials, and I was, I was one of the strongest competitors out there, really was. And then I made it down to like the last 25 weights out of um, like 100 and something, made it through all the trials. And then um, I had, you know, I had such a good time in Vegas. It was so good. I was like, all oh, right, it's really happening now. That's how I felt. Mm. Like all that sacrifice, young. Then parties I didn't go to and that. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I still would and that, but I really did sacrifice a lot. I was like, finally, it's paying off. And obviously, some people in my family were looking at me like, all right, he's, he's not a naive kid. He's actually going places with this. So, and rightfully so. Um, but then when I got home, I was waiting for the call from them. And then they eventually said, you know, like, we've only picked eight in the, your weight class instead of 16 to go into the seat. Uh, uh. You know, 
So, and there were some big names and their big followings. I was like, oh, so that, that's when I got on the phone to Cage Royce straight away. I was like, who have you got? I'm ready to compete now. They come from Aiden Lee. And everyone was swerving Aiden Lee at the time. I was like, that fight, I'm going to do it. And that was a good fight. But yeah, I, I nearly got in that, that season of the Ultimate Fire. And I was obviously quite disappointed watching it because I saw some people that had that lottery ticket that I wanted and they wasted yeah. it. That one guy pulled out because he had cramps in his calf. <sighs> like, yeah, like... Why um, would you go and do it? On. Do that, do that show and out. do that. You go, go out, out on your shield. Unconscious, people would yeah. appreciate it. Just go out on the shield. He had cramps in his calf. I, yeah, I, I shouldn't... I don't know what it was going through, but I mean, that was a go for broke. You know what I mean? I, I went for broke at Bellator just to be on Bellator. I was injured going into that one. And then look, I paid a hefty price for it, but I'm back now. So, oh, that was so close. And I was so ready for it. But yeah, it is what it is. We're back now. So. Yeah. Um, so I think I know the answer to this by yeah. some of the stuff you've said, but I'm going to ask it because this person has asked it. Who's yeah. the... Uh, hardest fight you've ever had? Oh, that's hard. So, uh, when I was young, I fought Steve Aimable. Uh, that was a really hard fight, I think, because I wasn't that mature at the time. Yeah. And there was quite an age difference. Um, but that, some of my hardest fights are always the most fun fights. So, Steve Aimable would be one. For some of my hardest fights, I, it's because I turn up unprepared as well, though. If you see what I'm saying, yeah. so I let myself down. So a real hard one was an amateur fight I had with a guy called Chris Janis Loganoff. Because I just turned up, I was I was clearing out the um, grappling scene, and I was still very amateur at the time. And I was grappling out like just before the advanced level, intermediate. And I was I was probably feeling too sure of myself, and I didn't give a guy enough respect. I turned up really unfit, and before that, he was just boxing my head off. I made it to the decision. You know, he couldn't put me away or nothing, but it's just like, I got punched up. So that was a really yeah. hard one. And I'd say one of the hardest ones, a really brutal one was Aiden Lee. But I loved every minute of that. I loved it. I was so just truly being myself that day. It just like, it was just, oh man, that was, that was a real fight. So, yeah. Certainly was. That. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm not good on better tour. Yeah. Um, uh, the, Bit of a random one, I suppose. Um, have you ever practiced any really weird kicks, spinning attacks, or submissions, or moves that you would never use or haven't used, but you just practice them for fun? Well, I've got some weird spinning techniques that I will use, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, um, and I can throw them like really good. But it's, like, for me, what works is good boxing, good wrestling, competent grappling. I'm loving letting my hands go and I want to come forward with my hands like uh, I love boxing like I'm not like a boxer of course so I couldn't compare to these other boxers but in the MMA field man my hands are they're good and yeah. they're going to get much better so you know I like to express myself on the hands but I've got some really like really good kicks from my background of taekwondo but you have to be really specific when you use them so they get taken down obviously and I was struggling with that in my last fight but once um, everything sharpens up a bit more You'll see them come in, but I won't put up my whole arsenal of these spinning techniques because it's it's just not, um, what's the word, like economical enough and it's not high percentage enough, you know. Yeah, but yeah, you'll yeah. see some flash stuff soon. Yeah, that's what we want to just, see. Just going to sprinkle it in there. Yeah. Bit of magic here and there. 
So, um, uh, next question. John Jones, GOAT or too many chances, too many mistakes? Okay. Um, I say I will never have, I will have like, um, like a, a handful of fighters that are GOATs to me. I, I can never give an overall GOAT because there's just too many variables regarding on what the weight class is looking like. Yeah. The physicality. This, and when you've been fighting so long yourself, there's other things that you, you look at fighters that, that you might like. Some of the best in the world are probably the ones that are like maybe physically not very good. And then I think, well, he's incredible because he can compete at this level despite his shortcomings, which may be his physicality or whatever. But I mean, he, he's up there as, yeah, he's a guy. He, he, he's a bad boy as well. He makes mad, like he does, he's in trouble a lot. That's just how he is. But he, he's up there. Um, I know he's been popped a few times, but I think even if he didn't, he's just, he's, he's, he's yeah, he's an incredible athlete. If he went into any other sport as well, he just would have been touched that into gold as well. So yeah, he's up there. Of course he's up there. But yeah, he's, what's he's your opinion of those kicks he does with the where he like kind of tries to dislocate the knee? Yeah. Uh, what do you think of those? It's legal. Yeah, uh, and it's effective. So, like, it is so you know, I mean, Fact yeah, is, it works. It's, if it's legal, it's legal, no. It's yeah, it's, it's legal. It's legal. Um, some people don't like it, but if it works, nasty. But it's, it's, it's legal, no. But like, you can do it to Jones if you wanted to. He yeah. he ain't complaining about it. So, you know, you that's just yeah. There's nothing wrong with it if he's playing to the rules. That's completely fine. But yeah, they're annoying, I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, best fighter you've ever sparred with? Oh. Uh, oh. There's so many. I sparred with so many. So I've been up and down the country. Now, I wouldn't say there's not being biased or anything. Yeah. But I do think my coach, Danny Batten, is one of them, you know? He'd be loving it when I say that. But why, mm-hmm. why I'm saying that, because it's what the things that grab me about a fight. Because, like, so I've been to some gyms and I've sparred some guys and their, their bodies are tuned up like a sport car. Like, they physically could just, they're superior. But athleticism will leave you in half a year. Do you see what I'm saying? Of course, some people are genetically best. But what really gets me is how some people will not be the most physical people in the world, but they can still beat someone with all the advantages on their side. So when I see someone like, like Danny and, and Lee Dosky is one as well, like they're proper veterans. There's a certain darkness to their game. Like, um, cause they, they've seen and done it all. So yeah, it would actually be like the veteran people that I've sparred with. So I'm okay. actually going to say like, it's the veterans is, is, is Danny Batten and, and I would say someone like Lee, Lee Dosky. And like they didn't, they weren't like the most famous fighters when they were fighting or nothing yeah. like what they know. They just, they know that they're so rich in experience. So it's them. Like, cause I go to some gyms and there's some guys that are just athletic specimens, but it's so hard to deal with. And they're so dangerous, but that's from my, from my experience in the game, that's not what's impressive to me. And it's still, of course it's impressive, but it's really, it's your understanding, you know, of the game. Yeah. I like that. I like that answer actually. Yeah. It's a good no, cause It's true. I mean, I, I call out loads of sensational fighters. I've been up in, to Manchester, to Scotland, to Nottingham, all over the country. Spawn really good guys, really good and current fighters. Well, it's the veterans of the sport. They're the best. And they must look at us fighters too as we're 
coming up on our, our journeys, you see like the, the phases people go through in their heads. Because even I'm at it now. Some of the turn up to weigh-ins and everyone's acting tough and that. you got to hold yourself right. I'm thinking, oh gosh, you lot, you're just so dumb. Just a bunch of meatheads. That's how I feel mm-hmm. about a lot of these fighters. It's like, yeah, yeah. So what you made, you you you're in shape. You're but like, there's there's so much more to it. There's such a deeper level to the sport. And the martial arts is actually now as I've gotten older, it's more. Now I'm in my late twenties, I see it as everything. It's it's who you are as a person. It's not just you turning up and on the show night, which that's what's on my mind now. That's what matters now. I'm I'm very what I want and what I will do is I'm gonna go get a world title and I'm looking at Bellator right now because that's who I'm working with. Yeah. You know, know, this next fight's gonna make everything so much more clearer for me. But um no the martial arts is everything, it's how you hold yourself, how you deal with people, you know, and you're always, always, always learning. So yeah. Cool. Uh where do you see yourself in five years? Five years, Bellator world title, mum's mortgage paid off, my own house. Nah, but um, yeah, I'll definitely, you know, I'll, I'll be doing financially well and I want a world title. That's yeah. what I'm saying. And I, that, that's not even unrealistic. I'm on the, the world's biggest platforms now, you know, so five years from now, I'll be doing financially very well for myself. And um, like, like and then of course, because I want to take on other responsibilities as well. But I don't want to knock this on the head, so I have to start getting paid well now, and yeah. um, and I, I will get a world title. Like I'm not in it just just for like a little runabout to say I'm fighting. No, I'm I'm really about it. So I'm going for a world title, and it needs to be paying me well. The thing is, in the I, I have to I have to prove myself worthy too. So I've got I will be of that value, and I'm always working on it right now. I think in the fighting particularly um, is you can get that ascension to the title picture real quick would you it just takes like that stringing a couple yeah. of couple of victories together get that big fight win the big fight yeah. and then suddenly you're in that Wait. conversation yeah it can happen within five years oh absolutely even yeah, quicker like, I think yeah definitely five years is perfect so I really have to um, you know right now I've got to go now yeah go now of it and like just how, enjoy the enjoy the process. How many yeah. times do you think, or how many in your head? How many times do you think you'd like to fight next year? Three to four, yeah, like four, four. I'd love that. Yeah, yeah, cool. And I want I want the good fights, good fights. I'm so I'm so grateful for this next one I've got coming up. It's such a good fight. It's going to be so entertaining. So, yeah, I feel like. Um, Apart from obviously the fact that you lost that fight, the, this last one, yeah. I feel like the, the I've learned from it. Like, I, I feel so. like that. It, I feel like that. It also bothered you that it wasn't entertaining, and it was like. And I, I it was um, not what I, I expected myself. Not what people expect from me. It's, it's just. It's just not me. Yeah. Just, just what I'm saying. Uh, so, but I've learned from it. So when I learn, you've heard that a million times, but it's just the truth, you know. So. Okay. Um, last couple of questions, mate. I appreciate you giving me so much of your time. Yeah. Um, That's cool. So these are just some of the more more random <laughs> random ones. Um, who's the biggest prick you've ever met in the fighting world? To the point. Mm. Uh, 
oh, you can't be giving me to call people out, can you? I've got a few of them. But this guy, he, oh, he sends this question to every fighter. It's like Is he's it? like trying to stir it up. Oh, I bet he's probably some troll. He's messaged me on Instagram <laughs> before. Um, oh, that's a hard one. So many promoters. So many. Is fighters. there many dodgy, dodgy promoters in MMA? Like with boxing, there is. there's a lot, isn't there? But is there, there some is. in I MMA? haven't rubbed shoulders with them, though. I haven't really rubbed shoulders with them. Is that more like in the sort of the amateur um, kind of picture rather than the professional? Or Maybe is it in all walks of the sport, I think. It doesn't, whether it's MMA or not, you know, there's always people that are in it for the wrong reasons and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. like the local kind of shows, I I would assume, rather than the bigger companies. I would assume. I mean. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, most famous person in your phone? Um, you're still there because I'm just going through my phone book right now. Yeah, Recently, yeah. my phone did... Um, it cleared all my stuff recently. Ah. So you've lost, you've lost it all, haven't you? Probably. You had, I like, think I, I do. I would have had um, Luis Penner in here. Obviously, he's very big in the yeah, it's a good one. UFC right now. I've got Lynn and Fussell. That's another good um, one. And... Yeah. Just, you know, just I'd say just them to do. So, you know when, when you did the Bellator show, the most recent one at Wembley, who was, yeah. the, um, who was the announced team for that? The announced team? What yeah. do you mean? Um, like the commentators. Oh, okay. Oh, I don't know. I don't actually know. I'm trying to think. The I... one before, the one before it was Big John McCarthy. Yeah. I'm um, a real big fan of his uh, commentary yeah. as well. I think he's really good. Yeah, I don't actually know who, who that was because um, Josh Thompson was there that night. But I don't think there's, um, there's a guy who works for Bellator. Uh, as yeah. a, one of the commentators called uh, Maro oh, Ranello. I'll tell you who one of the biggest pricks is. There's one of this guy <laughs> that works at Bellator. He, for starters, he turned up late the first time we were making weight. I don't even know his name, but it's the guy who just he grills our ears off about... Um, he does like the, the rules talk, but he comes in and he gives us a live speech about himself. First, yeah. and we're all like starving, hungry, and we've got to listen to him just talking about himself, what he's done and whatnot. And then it's some, he's really fat. I can't even remember his name. And then he was grilling me. Uh, he's saying that I was going to get fined or something because I put on too much weight after my way into the to the what fight. Ah, he just talks everyone's ears off and no one cares. So a lot of people who perform better to probably know exactly who I'm on about. But I, yeah, I'd say him. I, I guess the thing is as well. Sorry, I don't know like his name, but when you're when you're cutting weight and yeah. you're starving and you feel like crap, the last thing yeah. you want is like a big long lecture. He was or just like such a time waster. Long. He's talking he to, like, to get it people done. that had God knows how many fights. He's not even, he's joining from America, he's from some other kind of like field, whether, I don't know if it's boxing or whatever. He's just talking to stuff that we already know, wasting all our time. Yeah. I even saw other like promoters were getting annoyed with him. Yeah. He give his last speech about himself every time there. So, he's one of them. Okay. Yeah, there's loads of them. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, last couple. Uh, if you could fight someone from a different weight class, any weight class, anyone in the world, any company, who would you fight? 
Um, so right now I'm always thinking like, what's like, what could actually happen? Mm. So I'm gonna say Paddy Pimplet. It's a good, good fight, Danny. Right yeah. Danny brought that up as well when I spoke yeah. to him the last time. He said he thought it would be a good fight. I, and I think that fight. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not I'm thirsty for it as well. Like all the other fighters, they're like thirsty for it, you know. Yeah, he's well, he's, he's from, one of the big fights in in the UK. Yeah, like I want a meaningful career. I don't mm. want to just have like fight nobodies and build up a nice record just to look look pretty. I want to be real. And um, one of the biggest fights on the domestic scene that, that could potentially happen. Obviously, I'm coming off a loss now, so I've got to fight myself up. But for the sake of the sport, for a real fight, I want, I'd like Paddy Pimplet. That would be, i got to say, that would be, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see that. that fight. Of course, I've got many flaws that I've got to work on for that because his strength yeah. is a grappling. But um, I can win that fight, 100%. You have, to, you have to get him before he goes to the UFC, mate. He's there. Yeah. I think he's going to be going soon, I do. Okay, yeah, good for him. I mean, that, that fight can happen. Yeah. yeah. I think, i I got to be honest, Like, this is not anything which he said to me, just my personal opinion, that yeah. I think if he had had this fight, which got called off, I yeah. think he would have been gone to UFC in 2020. Yeah. But I think the fact that that one got called off He's fighting yeah. on the London card, the Cage Warriors yeah. London. I think it's. March. I was looking at that card as well. Too, Some big names on there, isn't it? I can stay ready after um, Dublin. I'm on a one fight Dublin. contract. So what's so, when's the when's your Dublin fight? Twenty second of Feb. That's in March. Month later. Um, that's what I was going to ask you earlier. Actually, but I forgot. Um. You don't see him as much now, but like those kind of tournaments where you fight more than once in a in a night. Oh, yeah. yeah. Have you ever done many of them? Yeah, I did. Um, so when I first started out in MMA, I was competing in Ringmasters. Okay. So um, that was a, a tournament down south. So I was having about three fights a day in MMA. And that was like my first experience into it. And then eventually, about three years later, I got the Ringmasters title. That was my first title. I was, I was so proud of that. I was really young back in the day. Mm. I got that. But um, yeah, so I've done a few of them. And I've kickboxing tournaments and taekwondo tournaments. Of course, they must be brutal. To, like, yeah. If you have like a, like a really close fight as well. The adrenaline wears off. Like, and then you have to fight in the evening. So you've had two fights in the morning or so, something so, because it's like a daytime tournament. Mm-hmm. And then they do a uh, like um, the finale show in the evening so by that time all that nervous energy is worn off you're like you feel all your injuries come up yeah do you see what I'm saying so yeah but obviously my fights I, I got them done and dusted on them the tournaments so they didn't really take much damage it wasn't too much like no um, okay so these are the last last three three questions um, if you could fight any fighter from any era who would it be? Okay, that's a that's a good fight. Um, not good fight, good question. I need to think about that. Any fire from any era? It would be someone who's got like a good hype about them. Someone exciting. Obviously, I'll be looking at my own weight classes. Um. Conor McGregor's that money fight, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, everyone, yeah, come on. Yeah. Everyone says that. 
everyone yeah. says Connor because it's like that's like the fight, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, let's go with that. Him and Aldo, one of them two, you know. That that uh, that UFC card on Saturday is unbelievable. Aldo's yeah. fighting on that. I can't wait for that. that. Bantam weight, yeah. It's gonna be yeah. Uh, it's gonna be an amazing show. And then I get yeah. to talk talk about it with Danny on Sunday. Yeah. It's hard life. It's incredible. Aldo, Aldo didn't get enough uh, credit for what yeah, he his doesn't career really meant. No. no. Had one downfall and everyone forgot about him. <laughs> one of the most notorious fighters in in that division. He was period, a killer though. He was a killer for yeah. years, wasn't he? And he yeah. just McGregor just ended him like in that fight, but just also yeah. just he never he he hasn't looked the same fighter since. I gotta say, no. but like yeah. I don't think he gets the respect that he deserves no. for his performances, yeah. not just his record in terms of you know numbers, but yeah, his actual who, performances and, how he did and it. who he yeah yeah he was always really respectful of the sport and of people as well, um, yeah. and I just yeah feel bad for him um okay so this final question from peaches she asked jack shaw this as well uh what's yeah. the worst thing you've ever done the worst thing i've ever done yeah like regarding mma or i did i think she just means ever anything oh god <laughs> Oh, it'll be something I've done in Benidorm or something, or, yeah. or when I've been abroad. I ain't gonna lie, I've been on a lot of kind of stuff out there, and I couldn't even tell you, but yeah. Nothing good. Yeah, nothing good. Nothing I'm proud of. Yeah, but, I yeah. gotta say. My, my, Thanks uh, for that question. <laughs> yeah, my trips to Benidorm and Magaluf, nothing, uh, nothing good came of those trips. No. <laughs> we don't talk about those trips anymore. Yeah. <laughs> And she also asks to finish, what's the best thing you've ever done? Uh, best thing I've ever done. Um, I guess once I was a waiter, like this is one, I guess, good thing I've done. Someone was choking and he genuinely was choking to death. Mm. So like um, I was in the inside and someone come in and was like, oh, I need a first aid, I need a first aid. And everyone was standing around this guy panicking. He was panicking and it, like all the people were panicking around him, which made his worse. His missus was sitting opposite him. And she was hysterical, crying, and he was blue. And, um, I just went up and I was like, I stand up, stand up. I did the Heimlich maneuver, like. But I generally like he was as I pick, got behind, like he become really heavy. Like he's yeah. about to go, so I just Jesus. I went like just went for it, <laughs> and that came. He threw up on the floor, but then like all the energy come back into his body when he got that first yeah. kind of air going. So. I guess that's that's a nice thing I did. But, um, yeah, that's good. You saved yeah. someone's life. Like that's uh, don't get much better. It's the yin and the yang, isn't it? I'm trying to take yeah. it from some guy in February, but yeah. it's later down in life, I give it back to someone else. I can't fault you. Um, okay, so uh, Tom, tell the people where they can find you on social media and Twitter or Facebook, yeah. Instagram, wherever you are. Wherever so I'm are. not really using Twitter, but I'm on Twitter, Tom Manns, but they might have even deleted that account now, I'm not too sure. So um, Thomas Manns on Instagram and Tom Manns on Facebook. So I'd, I recommend following my Instagram, Thomas Manns. Keep up to date with all the fights and that. Yeah, i got to get an Instagram account for the podcast, but I just... Yeah, definitely. 
I keep forgetting and then I never get around to it. Uh, guys, you can follow me at, on Twitter at acecast underscore nation and facebook.com slash acecast nation, all one word. I post all the guests and shows and everything which are either being released or coming up. Obviously, with these unscripted and uncensored shows, I'm always adding upcoming guests so people can send in the questions. We have the weekly show, weekly football show with Andy Campbell, where we discuss the championship and other footballing stories every week, which is out on a Wednesday. We have the Danny Batten MMA show, which I'm going to be recording in a couple of days following the big UFC card on the weekend. Just podcasts all time, every day. Uh, former Premier League referee Jeff Winters is the next guest on Unscripted and Uncensored. And uh, yeah, we've got Jack Shaw, Brett Johns. Loads of people, and I'm going to nag Tom to get to get him to get some of his uh, BST buddies on as well. Oh yeah, and yeah, uh, we'll get some more people on. So, uh, Tom, thank you very much, mate, for joining thank me, you. and thank you for giving me so much of your time. I didn't even know how long we've been doing it, but we've been, it's been yeah. a long one, and I appreciate yeah, it massively, mate. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I'll um, be back on with that Bellator title. Yeah, I won. I, I, I won that first exclusive, and then when you win, yeah. when you win in Dublin. You can uh, you can you can mention Ace Podcast Nation on national TV. I don't mind. Oh yeah, I'll allow you. I'll allow you. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah, I'm it's coming. Play, mate. I'm play, mate. <laughs> I uh, I appreciate you coming on, mate. And uh, guys, we'll uh, see you next time for the next episode. Please uh, drop a comment on the video, like it, and uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel because that's the quickest and fastest way, best way to support us. But uh, yeah, see you next time. Take care, Simon. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.